Okay, let's open in a word of prayer. <clears throat> Lord, we do thank you uh, for this day. This is the day you've made. We rejoice. Thank you for the reminder that there is a spiritual war going on. And you want us to be alert and uh, just be walking and depending on you. So as we look into your word tonight, Lord, just uh, use your word to challenge us and help us to continue to grow for you. Thank you. And just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> okay, well, we've been doing this series on, oh yeah, welcome uh, these strangers here that we haven't seen, what is it, six months? We've been gone six months? A year and a half, longer than that. See, there you go. You left such an impression, such an impression, yeah. Good to have you back. Uh, we've been talking about fear not. I think we did four Sundays on the fear not theme, uh, circle, uh, centered around Christmas, and um I want to do something a little bit different tonight, thinking about fear not. You know, you think about the Christmas story, Jesus uh, coming from heaven to earth, being born in a manger, and then so wonderful. We share Christmas celebration and the holiday season and everything. But, you know, right right after the Christmas birth and all the everybody worshiping Jesus and stuff, there was something that went along with our song, the spiritual war. And what was that? God told Joseph and Mary, uh, you guys need to get out of here. There's a fella here, King Herod, wants to kill your son. Get out. So I want to look at that a little bit tonight. Just the idea of the spiritual warfare that went on around the birth of Christ. So anyway, okay, I'm going to look in Matthew 2. But before we read the scriptures, Matthew 2.13 and then following, um, just a couple of notes about... Um, Actually, Matthew is the only gospel that has this uh, story about them going to Egypt to get away from Herod, trying to kill uh, this new king. He was uh, Jesus was described as a king, so he wanted to kill him. Uh, but anyway, the Magi come first. We're not going to read that part there. But these three, well, not, I can't say three. They don't know. But anyway, the wise guys come. No, not the wise men. The wise men come. And uh, somehow they were alerted, you know, they were looking for something and they were alerted that the Messiah is born, the king is born. And they traveled how far to go and to worship and to honor and bring uh, things for the king. They brought gold, frankincense and myrrh. Okay, so it's interesting that these guys come to worship the Lord Jesus. And honestly, guys, I don't think Jesus was... Uh, so a lot of people say it was two years old when it, they fled to Egypt. I don't think so, because they were still in Bethlehem, and Bethlehem was not their home. Mary, you know, after having a baby, she would have gone back to Nazareth, where their home was. But they were still in Bethlehem. So I think it was shortly after the birth that this happened, and Jesus was still, you know, not much more than a baby when they took him to to uh, Egypt. But anyway, so they bring uh, this stuff to the Lord Jesus. They worship him, and it's interesting that they were looking. You know, they were sensitive to when is God going to send this promised Messiah? And somehow through intervention, the Holy Spirit showing them he's here. Go check it out. And I don't know how far they had to travel, but they put aside everything to go and worship and honor the Lord Jesus. So anyway, uh, that's when they brought all these different things. But I just want to emphasize the fact that there was a spiritual war going on. Uh, after the Magi left, this is what happens. And let's go ahead and read uh, Matthew 2, 13. 
So it's a continuation of Christmas, but you don't hear about this very often. <laughs> anyway, Matthew 2.13, And when they, the Magi, were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy it. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, out of Egypt have I called my son. Okay, well, this goes back to Herod again, 16, verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, under two, <clears throat> all in the coast thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation, weeping, great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they are not. So we see this story of this king who uh, was really, I don't know, bent out of shape. Uh, here's a little baby. I mean, Jesus would have to be at least 18 before he could start to even threaten this other king and take over his position. But Herod wanted to do him in. It's satanic. Satan was at work to try to get rid of the Messiah. So anyway, <clears throat> uh, when we think about uh, the spiritual warfare that was going on, uh, you say, wow, why would they want to kill this cute little baby, you know, born in a manger and, and, uh, everybody's there praising God. All the angels were praising God. And, um, uh, but these guys, they wanted to, Herod wanted to do him in. So anyway, I got to thinking about that. Uh, you know how many times they threatened to kill Jesus in his three year ministry? About a dozen times. This was the first one. It wasn't in his three-year ministry, but this was the first one. And then when he uh, got going into his ministry, about a dozen times, the Jewish people, the Pharisees and the Sadducees wanted to kill him, take him out because he was a threat to their uh, what they were doing there. Okay, so just the idea of Satan being a liar and a murderer, and it's still true today. We're still in spiritual warfare today. Some examples. Um, you think about abortion, you know, when I was growing up, that wasn't even an option. It was like terrible to want to get rid of your child. It was a, it was a real honor to have kids. Well, anymore, just, I don't know how many children every year are taken out by abortion and stuff. So, um, abortion is one of the spiritual warfare issues that are going on, uh, in this time. Then the other thing, I think another big spiritual warfare is this transgender, gay, lesbian stuff. Again, when I was growing up, are you kidding me that a guy would want to kiss another guy and do all this weird stuff? That was really, you know, it wasn't even talked about. That's how bad it was. Now, if you talk against it, they're threatening to, you know, take action against you. And it's even already come up in different areas about churches that preach against you know, abortion and or not abortion of uh, this um, gay lesbian stuff, uh, you can be arrested or they're trying to do that. They haven't come that far yet, but it's already come up as an issue that they don't want you preaching against it because you're going to offend these guys. So anyway, the spiritual warfare that's going on. 
Okay, so when you think about uh, these guys had to leave. They had to flee um, Bethlehem, go to Egypt for two years, and then come back. I don't know how many of you guys have been in war. If we have any army guys here fought in Vietnam or anything. I was in that war uh, during Vietnam, but I was in the Air Force. Uh, it ain't pretty. It ain't pretty. Um, when you think about these guys, uh, uh, the spiritual warfare going on, uh, I don't know how I was bringing up the fighting in the war. But when we were in Indonesia about 20 years ago, uh, Indonesia is a majority Muslim country. And uh, something came up and the Muslims wanted to try to kick out the Christians. And Christian is about one fifth of the entire population of Indonesia. So you're looking at a hundred, well, not quite a hundred million people, but a lot of people that are Christians over there. And the Muslims tried to kick us out. We were at a Christian school and uh, they put down X marks outside of Christian homes saying there's a Christian that lives in this home. And they were hoping that the radical Muslims would come in and start to, you know, burn down houses and all that stuff. We left our school for six months and waited till it calmed down. And then we went back to the school and continued our ministry there. But, oh, okay. Another thing was they had a big billboard outside of our town of about 50,000 people. And on this billboard on the side of the road, Christians go to hell. You know, that's how uh, radical these uh, Muslim people were. This is not everybody, but a good percentage of them were against Christians, spiritual warfare. So anyway, um, and then during that time, this was back around 2000, over 20,000 people were killed on both sides, Christians and Muslims. So it was not a pretty thing. Anyway, uh, Joseph and Mary had to leave, uh, save their son's life and their own. And uh, it just reminds me of Ephesians 6. So we can turn there and uh, we'll close with this. But the whole armor of God, as we talk about Christian warfare. And as we talk about Christian warfare and we gather here tonight, you know, we're fighting the devil. We're fighting uh, the, the legions of the spiritual uh, darkness that's out there by prayer. And that's one thing Paul brings out here in the armor of God, but how important prayer is in this battle. Okay, Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. We'll go through 20. Uh, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You don't think about this very often, you know, even as we pray here. I'll tell you what, if there was a battle going on someplace here in Florida, shooting back and forth, and my son was involved in it, he's in the army now, man, I'd be praying like crazy for him. That's how intense this spiritual battle is that we need to be praying as we lift up these prayer requests tonight. Anyway, the devil is active. 13, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit 
watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Again, as we pray for our requests on this, our, our prayer list tonight, we're praying for people that they'll be bold. You know, we're praying for missionaries all over the world. Let's pray for us also that we'll be bold to share the gospel uh, with people. Just a real quick note. A good friend of ours, uh, when we were in Indonesia, he came from America to teach for about four years in a college. And he had a Bible study with uh, college kids, just had a heart attack. He was about, he was about 67. So they had to do heart surgery. And uh, while they're working on him, he's talking to the nurse. It was a Muslim nurse. And he was giving her the gospel, sharing with her. And he said he shared with about 12 people. But uh, just the opportunity to share uh, with uh, all different kinds of people. So as we pray tonight, let's pray that uh, God will give boldness to be able to share the gospel so that people can be saved. Okay, that's all I had. Uh, do we... I uh, want to break up, Dave, or what do we want to do?